speakers. Uh, are Sarah Turnbull and Inish Hasselberg, who are research fellows in the Centre for Technology. Um, I will let them uh, introduce their work. Um, I've probably never said that to you, but I, but I think the kind of work that these guys do is, is incredibly impressive and, and not something that I would ever be able to do, and I'm probably telling you a lot about it. Thank you. Uh, thank you, everyone, for being here. Um, Inej and I are delighted to have this opportunity to share some of the work that we've been doing um, with Border Criminologies and our associated social media, as you'll be hearing about, um, as a means to engage with the public, to share our research and the research of our network uh, partners, and as also to advance professional visibility as we are early career researchers. Um, so, as we can see, <laughs> social media is increasingly taking a place or having a role in our day-to-day -day work. Um, this lovely group of people are good at joking about it. Um, so we do want to draw attention to the fact that it does, you know, occur. And hopefully with our presentation we can show how to maybe rein that in so we're not looking at cat videos and other things. So what we'd like to do today is just tell you a bit more about border criminologies, uh, what we do there. Um, we'll then spend some time talking about blogging for academic researchers. And Inej mostly will be speaking about developing an online research, researcher presence using social media. Um, so what I'd like to start by talking about um, is the ways in which, and uh, the presentations by Rachel and as well as um, Ian and Ben and Chris have really shown that this notion of public engagement or impact, the various words used to describe it, is really becoming a part of the funding body requirements. This is the case for Professor Mary Bosworth's um, European Research Council starting grant that is the funder of border criminologies. Um, and that's the project under, under which we're funded and, and we work. Um, so we've developed border criminologies uh, since March 2013, largely as a way to um, help build a field of uh, the criminology of mobility or border criminologies within the sort of broader discipline of criminology. Um, so we use the blog, website, and social media as a way to help share some of our work, research and progress as a way to stimulate discussion and also to advance ideas both within and beyond the academy. Um, so what we've done is to create an interdisciplinary research network to build to break down, sorry, um, regional divisions that might separate uh, us, you know, from the global north or the global south, as people call it. Um, also, to break down disciplinary boundaries. So, you know, I'm coming from criminology. We've got Inez, which is our anthropology star, and we've got brought some other people in that work in different fields. Um, some related in sociology, looking at policing. Others from migration studies. Some from the humanities. Really, as a way to kind of bring people together to look at. Um, you know, things that are, interest us, that we have in common, which generally is border control. Um, the Border Criminologies Research Network also helps to make our own research as well as the, the research of network members available to the public at large in a more accessible format. And we also are trying to draw in visual images and other ways of communication that might break down sort of, you know, and get us away from the normal more slow process um, research articles or book publications. 
Um, and importantly, the network brings together researchers as well as practitioners, policymakers, and those with direct experiences of border control. So we're trying to do this in a variety of ways. Some have been more successful than others, but um, you know, having an online forum and other ways that we can get diverse groups together to start generating discussion and dialogue, and maybe the places that you know areas we need to understand better or, or the the gains that we made in improving knowledge uh, in certain areas. So just a little bit about border criminologies. Um, the core team is here at the University of Oxford, comprised of Mary Bosworth, who's the PI. Um, there's myself and Inej Hasselberg. So together, we, along with Adriani Fili, who's located um, in Greece at the moment, um, we basically run this research network. And at present, we have 26 academic researchers who are part of it, eight uh, postgraduate research students. We have a 14-member international advisory body that represents academic, government, as well as non-governmental sectors to help give guidance on the ways in which the research network is developing and ways that could be, perhaps, you know, we could better it. Um, in 2014, our blog was viewed approximately 60,000 times with more than 1,000 unique visitors per week. And we currently have 300 people subscribed to the blog, so they would get emails each time we publish something. Um, Border Criminologies also promotes our research and related work through our Twitter accounts and Facebook page. Um, so at present we have just over 2,800 Twitter followers and about 900 likes on Facebook, slowly ticking to 1,000. Not that we pay attention to these things. So, um, Yeah, so you know, if you're thinking why would you blog or why would you use social media as an academic? Uh, or someone that's interested in criminology. Um, so I think today, if you work in academia, we know that what we do is increasingly measured in terms of our impact. We've heard words again today, engagement, knowledge, exchange, public outreach. These are kind of new buzzwords that we hear a lot about. Um, and what we'd like to do today is build on some of the previous presentations, which have already addressed many of these themes to focus more specifically on blogging for researchers and social media with regards not just to the importance of establishing an online presence but also in terms of research impact. <coughs> so in relation to blogging, and this is really a joke, blogging does not of course replace academic, you know, peer-reviewed articles, books, you know, the things we normally do, but blogging does provide a way to more quickly share what we're doing. Um, and maybe generate some interest in our work and make connections with others that might happen more quickly than a journal article that will come out maybe next year. So in terms of blogs, um, the Faculty of Law alone hosts a series of great research web pages. Um, we have our own Criminology at Oxford page um, that's been good at sharing what alumni have been up to as well as um, people commenting on current events including the death penalty and things that have been happening in that area. Um, we have ourselves, Board of Criminologies, which we of course will plug because that's what we're talking about. Um, and our blog, not only in relation to the blog, but the webpage itself also has resources around teaching, um, open access publications, um, and ways that people can sort of join in and participate as well as our events. Um, the Oxford Transitional Justice Research Group at Oxford uh, also has a blog in which it shares uh, its great work um, 
and the university's uh, in laws Oxford Human Rights Hub has a very active blog and is really great at speaking to current events and having excellent commentary by researchers in various fields related mostly to law and human rights. Of course we have Rachel's um, Adolescent to Parent Violence Project in which she can also share various things that are happening with her projects um, and keep you know, connections to policymakers and other people that she's working with. Um, so let's go back, sorry. So these just are examples. Um, these are specialized blogs that address a particular field of study, as you can tell. Um, the exception here would be the blog of the Center for Criminology, which focuses on matters of criminology more broadly, um, and as well as promotes the work that's done within the center. Uh, these blogs also have, as you can see, associated social media, so Twitter and Facebook. Um, several have their own blogs. And as I mentioned, particularly with border criminologies, um, some of these pages have links to publications, podcasts, events, and other things, including course syllabi, syllabi in case you know, you're interested in what type of courses are available in this field, either to attend or to teach. And for using Twitter and Facebook, it's not just enough to have accounts. It's important to link them to your blog or your website. Um, so for here, border criminologies, you can see we have the you don't have your pointer, do you? No. Okay, anyway, you have the Twitter streams there. Um, that kind of gives you a sense of when to get the blog, what else we're doing currently in Twitter. Um, and then the Human Rights Hub has a Facebook stream. I feel very Vanna White. Thing. <laughs> That's good, all right. Um, which, that is very useful. Um, so some tips for blogging. And it's important here to keep in mind that if you are setting up a research webpage or a blog, to make it successful, it's important to keep the blog alive. So this means adding new content at least twice per week. It helps to invite others to curate themed weeks or special series. Um, we've done that, if anyone's noticed on Border Criminologies, we've teamed up with um, Compass at Oxford to do a themed week, one, a series that on every Friday at, we focus on gender and migration. It's important to work collaboratively and democratically, both within and beyond your immediate institution or discipline. This helps build relationships with people working in your area but might not be located uh, where you are. Uh, it's important to be methodologically creative, so having um, you know, different sorts of posts that focus on different kinds of research. We try to include as much as possible visual research resources and different kinds of blog posts. Again, so it's not just a standard format, but can change it up as per different interests. Uh, it's important to make sure that you're promoting your posts widely. So if you do make a blog post, that you share it through your social media contacts on Twitter and Facebook and hope that they get retweeted or reposted. It helps to engage in current debates and world news. Um, on our Board of Criminologies, as an example, for events that have hit, had a lot of media attention, such as the recent excuse me, crisis in the Mediterranean with um, numbers of drownings. Uh, we've had some of the blog posts we've posted on those topics have really generated a lot of interest and a lot of traffic. Um, it also helps to invite a diverse range of people to contribute to the blog. This kind of infuses new ideas and perspectives and not just sort of within what we do, but again, as I mentioned before, trying to break down 
the disciplinary barriers that might, you know, what could criminology learn from, say, anthropologists or others in migration studies? Try to make sure that the web page or your blog is user-friendly and that the information that you have and your resources are easy to find. And keep your resources and events list updated so you're not, you know, someone doesn't come to visit it and it, the last entry was in 2013 or something like that. And whenever possible, if you can podcast events that you're holding to share knowledge and reach out to those who are in different locations that might not be able to attend Oxford but can then listen after the fact. So we're not recommending that you go on now and set up your own research page or your blog. In order, to, in order for these types of things to work successfully, it needs to bring something new, and it also demands a lot of work and attention. So managing this type of site is very time-consuming. So at Border Criminologies, like I mentioned, we've got four of us as our core team that works on the blog and the wider, wider project uh, website. And this is, it excludes our IT dude, who also does a lot of work. Um, so we'd advise you instead to start contributing with blog posts to already well-established blogs and web pages to start out. So some that might, could be of interest to um, criminologists are ones like The Conversation, which is a really great source for a variety of different um, posts on many topics by academics. Um, Open Democracy, the London School of Economics has a great um, section on its policy, politics and policy blog. If you're interested in book reviews, uh, LSE Review of Books is a great place to start. In relation to, you know, tips on how to do things, this blog, um, Writing for Research, is a really great resource that does help give some ideas on how to translate uh, maybe academic work and writing into something that's more accessible. It also provides some ideas on how to write a blog post from your journal article. So say you do have something you've recently published or is about to come out. Um, these are some tips that you can translate it from a more obviously the academic format into something that might be of greater interest as a way to share the information without someone necessarily that might not be interested in the full article to get a sense of what kind of research you're doing. This is just one example of a blog post from a journal, journal article that was published by two um, women lecturers in Spain that uh, are writing on four national female prisoners. So before I turn it over to you now, I just want to briefly highlight the importance of having an online presence. So we've been talking about themes of impact, knowledge exchange, engagement, and public outreach. If people are interested in your work and what you're doing, it's important for them to be able to find you. Um, having an online presence does enable you to have more reach in terms of a global audience. It allows you to promote your work as well as your skills. It also makes your work available, especially when you can post um, open access articles, things that haven't quite come to print or works in progress. It also helps make yourself accessible and a recent workshop held by the Social Sciences Department here at the University with um, two people who work from the BBC were talking about the importance of being um, having an online presence so that, you know, if there's a topic on adolescent parent violence, they can quickly find the expert in the area and often they're looking at people's Facebook pages um, because not all institutional profiles are updated. So if you do have 
something that's really quick and hits, you know, they might come to you rather than someone else if, if that's the way you're hoping to help market yourself and your research. It also helps to expand your networks by having an online presence, so connecting through some platforms that Inez will talk about. Um, you do learn about the work of other people, often in other countries and other institutions, and that might be a good way to um, you know, generate interest and potential collaborations in the future. So I'll turn it over to Inez. Thank you. Okay, so I'm going to sort of build on what Sarah has been talking about and the end of presentations, but I'm going to take us a few steps back and pretty much going to take this back to basics. Uh, so in terms of establishing an online presence, I'm going to speak a little bit more about Twitter and Facebook, but I first want to have just to say that the first step has to be an online profile. I mean, blogging will give you a visibility, but if you don't have an online profile to attach to sort of or linked through to your blog or your blogging activity, it doesn't really expand much beyond it. Um, so the first step really is to establish an online present is to have a professional web profile. I mean, ideally, this would be an institutional profile, and this is mine, sorry, just a bit of self-promotion, but we felt weird about putting other people's profiles there. And I mean, you see it has Center for Criminology and University of Oxford, it has all these logos, which kind of gives it credibility. So if you ha do have access to your institutional web space, it's excellent to have an online profile within the institutional web 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 page. Uh, of course, this is not available to all students or to everyone, but it's not a problem because if you can't, there's many professional networks such as Academia Do. I don't know if you know it, but there's my profile again. Um, so academia.edu, again, it, it's free. It, you can put your research interests, you put all your publications, but also you can follow through people and people can follow you. And you can also follow research interests, which means that if someone just, sorry, publishes a paper, in my case, that is tagged by prisons or ethnography, I do get a notice saying new paper by prison or ethnography, or the people that I follow, if they put a new paper or a book chapter or whatever, again, I receive a notice saying that there's something new out there that might interest me. And, of course, there's also LinkedIn, and so you don't get tired of me, I've put in Sarah's profile. <laughs> Again, LinkedIn is free. Everyone can set up their own online profile. You can put everything from your education degrees, from your work experience, your publications. I mean, you can pretty much put every information there. And it also works as a network. So you can follow people, people can follow you, etc. cetera. Um, so the reason that we're sort of making a point about online profiles is that two years ago, one of the first events that we've done with Border Criminologies was um, a one-day workshop on foreign national prisoners. And we wanted, at first, we sort of just inviting people instead of opening a call for papers. And it was extremely difficult to find people working on foreign national prisoners, to find who is actually doing work in this subject. Um, and there were a lot of people who only had profiles in strange languages, and by strange languages, I mean everything other than English. Um, and, but even those profiles, a lot of people don't have enough information and they're not updated. And if you want to be you know, invited to seminars or to express interest in bids or to be aware of particular job vacancies, if you want people to be able to contact you and to reach you, then you do need to have, you need, you need to be visible, to be findable, if that's a word. 
Um, so, I mean, in the end, we, we did, for this workshop, we did an open call for papers, and we received a vast amount of contributions. And the majority of those were from PhD students, none of which had online profiles. So it would have been impossible for us to know what they were working on. Um, so this is our first step. It's an online present. Then there's Twitter. Now, Twitter is a great social media tool. It's short, it's fast, it reaches vast amounts of people and institutions. There's already a very wide criminology community on Twitter, which not only circulates news and information, but also, as Sarah's mentioned ago, often engages, engages in current debates, so like the Mediterranean crisis, or a few months ago, the whole issue with the ban on books for prisoners, or more recently, the Baltimore riots. Now, there's a lot of information out there, and Twitter reduces it to 140 characters. I mean, how great is that? Uh, but, again, there are things to consider when you've set up or when you have an account on Twitter. So this is a Twitter profile from Border Criminologies, and what I want us to focus on is this little bit of the profile. Now, this small information that says Border Criminologies draws together researchers in criminology, blah, 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 this is of vital importance for people to find you and to know who you are and what you're doing. And also you will notice that we have these hashtags on criminology and border control and border, which kind of means that everyone that goes on Twitter and is looking for criminology accounts and puts hashtag criminology will find us. So we'll find our profile and we'll know that we're there. Um, so there are things to consider about your profile. And one of the things is there are many, many people out there with the same name. So often you're trying to find someone on Twitter and you come across 20 Mary Bosworth, for instance. And you need to know which one is the Mary Bosworth that you want to follow or that you want to tag. But also because you want people with similar professional interests who don't know you or who don't know your work to be able to find you. So I've set up a case study in search of Ben Crew. So this is an example. If you search for Ben Crew in Twitter, you get all these. And I mean, this is only like a third of the page. The page goes on and on and on. So there's a whole bunch of people under the name of Ben Crew on Twitter. So which one is the one that I know or that I want to follow or that I want to use? Now, Ben has a great... It's simple, uh, great profile, simple and to the straight. So I know Prison Research Center, University of Cambridge. This is the guy that I want. So it's simple and it's easy. If Ben didn't have those few lines, and believe me, a lot of people don't have those few lines, then it becomes very difficult if you don't actually know the person. I mean, you might have the photograph, but if you don't know the person, then it becomes very difficult to follow the, people, the person. So again, my Twitter profile, I'm sorry about this. Uh, so consider what images you will choose. I mean, images with beachwear or, you know, just bungee jumping are usually not very adequate. I mean, this photograph is actually not the most adequate either. I will need to change it. But also describe your professional interests. I mean, I start my Twitter profile with anthropology, migration, and criminology, which are the three main disciplinary areas that I work in. So again, anyone who hashtags on Twitter for criminology, migration, or anthropology will find my profile. And then I just have a few sentences on what exactly I'm doing research on. And I also tagged the Center for Criminology. So at Oxford Crim is the Twitter account of the Center for Criminology, which is the institution that I work for. And you will notice that I'll also include my uh, Center for Criminology online webpage. So all of these things are important if you want people to find you. 
and then who to follow. I mean, Twitter is supposed to expand your networks and to engage in conversations. So you want to follow your colleagues and people that have the same professional interests and not necessarily your friends. And there's a lot of good criminology Twitter accounts there. I mean, if your main interest is criminology, you can follow a whole bunch of criminology journals, criminology publishers, departments. I mean, Sarah has showed you we have a wonderful um, Twitter account for the Center for Criminology, uh, criminology, criminal justice institutioners, legal practitioners, activists, NGOs, but also think strategically. Like, if you want to work in a place like RAND, where Chris works, you might want to follow their Twitter account. Or if you're thinking later on you might want to work for the UN, then follow their Twitter accounts too. Be up-to-date with what they're doing. Tag, tag them in your own tweets. Make them hear you and make, make yourself visible. So these are just examples of a few criminology Twitter accounts, which are based in London, Australia, and New York. I mean, there's plenty of more. This is just a few examples. Also, how to follow. When you follow someone or an institution, make sure that you also retweet one or two of their last tweets. Because you do want to follow people, but you also want people to follow you back. Otherwise, you're just hearing the conversation, but you're not part of the conversation. Because if no one is following you, you can tweet as much as you want, but no one is listening. So you want people to follow you back. And these are just a couple of tricks to make people follow you back. So you can just do the sort of quick, fast way of just click on follow on a bunch of people. But if you actually go and look at their profiles and retweet one or, two, one or two of their tweets, this will enhance the chances that they will actually want to follow you back. Uh, another good thing, and this is the greatest thing, but it's more time-consuming, is to make your own tweet about it and tag and hashtag that person. So I have this um, confinement network tweet, which works out very well to kind of show this. So check out this webpage on pages of confinement and border zones by photographer Sarah Cristiani. And then you have the URL and again the hashtag photography. So it has, yeah, we're done. Yeah, um, just very quickly. Are we done, done? Got two more minutes. Two more minutes. Okay. I'll just go on and say that Facebook is really great. And a lot of people have a lot of issues with Facebook and have closed their accounts. But do consider Facebook because it is a great um, professional tool and I'm not going to go much into it. Uh, these are just a few of the things. Also, Oxford has a lot of resources for uh, if you want to continue and expand your knowledge on um, social media. So courses about online presence, Twitter for academia, security. This is very important, especially with Facebook, uh, making blogs. But also it has all these other all these other resources that I found very useful. Um, and I'm not going to go much into this, but we have the web pages is then one. So final words, keep your professional social media separated from your personal one, because at the end of the day, your colleagues don't want to know about your cats or about your weekend of bulls in Brighton. And also you probably don't want your professional contacts to see photographs of your children or yourself at parties. So another very important point, don't ignore negative comments. Remember that social media is about engagement, so find ways to respond to criticism, or at the very least to acknowledge it. If you don't want to respond it, just retweet whatever critical tweet you got, but acknowledge that you are, you took that into consideration. Invest a few minutes a day in social media, and be patient. It takes time to develop a good network, and to establish a reputation, and to have an audience. But it's worth it. 
Sorry we took a bit more time. Any, any questions?